if you're in Ephesians chapter 6, I need to turn there myself. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we're at the end of the book of Ephesians. And uh, uh, just a slight recap, the book of Ephesians, uh, Paul's sitting in a prison and he's, he's writing to these people in Ephesus. And uh, in jail, he's making the most of his, uh, making the most of his time. Uh, he's making the most of, of what he's got, right? He's in prison. He had spent two years with these people in Ephesus. He loved them whenever they departed. I must be getting mud all over the stage. Somebody just vacuumed. I apologize. Look at that. I'm making a mess. Uh, he, he's writing to this church in Ephesus. And he taught them how to sit. He taught them how to walk. And he taught them how to stand. But now we're coming to the end of the book. And uh, as you can imagine, if you've ever written a farewell letter, uh, he, he's, he's coming down to, to, to the end of it. And there's a few last things that he wants to say. And uh, last week, Don talked about putting on the armor. Putting on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against all the wiles of the enemy and having done all to stand. And he says, put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth. You like that, don't you, Brenda? And put on the, uh, put on the gospel shoes, you know, put all of that stuff on. And now the, he gives us uh, our new assignment, which is what I want to look at. Because once you got all of this gear on, how many of y'all know it's not just for looks? God doesn't have us suit up for nothing. God doesn't have us put on all of this stuff because it's a costume. No, it's not a costume. There's a meaning for all of this stuff that we have got on now. Uh, how many of y'all know that Alabama's about to play LSU? How many of y'all know that's coming up? How many of y'all feel good about our chances? How many of y'all think we should pray? Yeah. How many of y'all think we should call a special prayer meeting this week to help? To help, our, to help our troops to, uh, to, to, to bring it home. Yes, it's, it's, it's going to be, it could be a rough week if, you, if you're an LSU fan. But if you play football, if you know anything about football, come here, Noble, I'll use you. Because you're my son, I get to use you for all kinds of stuff. If Noble here was going to play football, Noble don't really play football. Uh, we'd like to play Noble. Basketball. Basketball, what else you like to play? Golf. Like to play golf or anything else you enjoy doing? Swimming. Like to swim, do a little bit of swimming. Uh, what about uh, just spending time with your dad? Yeah. <laughs> Is that about number, about number four on the list? Sure. So, <laughs> sure. He says, just stop talking, son. Just stop talking. Stop talking. Now, if Noble, uh, if Noble were to play football, I would put on him, right, his helmet of salvation. I would put on his breastplates, his pads of righteousness. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. I put on his little, on all his little gear, and then I would put all of it on with, with his football belt of truth, right? And then I would shod his feet with some cleats, right? And he would be ready for, uh, to go out on the field of battle. So I don't have all that stuff to put on Noble, but I... I brought a picture of an LSU football player. Will you put that up, Nick? Because this, this guy here, he's ready, for, he, he's ready for whatever comes. Look at him. Look at him. He says, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Coming for you, Bama. Roll Tide nothing. He, he's coming for him. Now, he, he's got all the gear on. He's ready. He's ready. We have a, a, a horse uh, at our house. Give me, I need somebody else. Come here. Yes, come here. Come here, Caitlin. Come here. 
Come on, Caitlin. All right. Please, Caitlin, come on. You'll do it, Caitlin. Now, come stand up here, Caitlin. I'm going to use you young people today. I won't plan on using all you young people, but this is good for you. High five. Now, uh, if, if Caitlin uh, were a horse. <laughs> sorry, Caitlin. Sorry. But if Caitlin were a horse, if Caitlin were a, a thoroughbred, she would have on her, her bridle of salvation, right? And she'd have on her saddle of, of righteousness. She would be equipped and she would have on her horseshoes for the gospel of peace, right? She would have all of that stuff on her. And you're a thoroughbred, Caitlin. Uh, uh, thoroughbred. I mean, that means you are designed to run. You are, you're a muscles. You are... All you need, you just like, show me to the track, baby. I'm ready to run. That and hay. You like that and hay. You like the track and you like hay. Those are, those are, those are your two things. Now, if there was somebody that was a, uh, a warrior or a gladiator, I need, I need me another young person. Who else is? Come on. Look at you, volunteer. I'll use you. This is good for you. I love all you teenagers and young people. All right, so if you were, if, if you were Joan of Arc, turn around. If, if you were a gladiator, just like in the scriptures that we learned last week, you, you would have on your helmet of salvation and your breastplate of righteousness. You would have on all your gear. You would have on your gospel shoes, uh, uh, your warrior shoes. You would have your shield of faith. You would have your sword of the spirit. And you would be ready for battle. You're a butt kicker. Do you feel like that? Yeah. You do. Good for you. You're a good butt kicker. And you're, you're, you're a thoroughbred horse. And you're a Heisman champion. You're in the running for the Heisman. Good one. You got the goods. All three of you have. You're equipped with everything that you need to be successful. The only thing you need... What do you think the one thing you need is, no more? Jesus. No, you're just saying church words. Yes. <laughs> I always ask a kid about, what'd you learn at church today? Jesus. What else? God. What else? The devil. That's the three answers. It's like, now what did you really learn at church today? Jesus died. It's like, oh, forget it, forget it, forget it. No, what you need is a coach. That's what you need. You need somebody to call the plays for you to tell you what to do. You need a coach. Put my coach up there. His name's Nick Saban. You're like, why did you pick him? He's the best. Come on, let's just, let's just be honest. He's the best coach in college football, and we, we all want him back. How many of y'all want him back? We all want him back. It's like, please give us Nick Saban back. Your Lord, just call him home. Call him home, Lord. Bring him back to us, Lord. He's a fantastic coach. He really is. He's fantastic. He's an excellent recruiter. He knows how to call plays. He knows offense. He knows defense. And he has on, on him a headset. And his job is to communicate with the players what they're supposed to do. Because this boy right here is a stud. Look at these guns. He's a stud. And he's equipped. I mean, he's got big, huge thighs and cantaloupe calves and big, big pecs. He's got, 
He's got all of the goods and he's got all of the gear and he's got all, uh, he's ready, but he needs somebody to call plays. He says, I need somebody that understands the plays and how to run the offense. Now, you're a thoroughbred horse. You're a thoroughbred, but you need a jockey. You need somebody to hold your reins. You need somebody that can control you. You need somebody that can get on to you. I mean, I know the Lord get on to you sometimes. And you, so, so if you're a jockey, you encourage that horse. Giddy up. Good job, horse. But there's times whenever you're whipping that horse, you're like, let's go. Get it down. And you're using, you're, you, you need a jockey because a thoroughbred without a jockey is just a wandering horse. He's wasted power. He's wasted energy. He's got all of the goods. He's got his horseshoes on and he's got his breastplate of righteousness. He's got all of that, but he needs somebody to get on him and, and put him in the right direction and keep him going the right and staying in his lane. He needs that. And this, this, this Joan of Arc lady right here, she's got the goods, but she needs a commanding officer. She needs somebody that knows how to win. Y'all go sit down. Good job. Give them a hand. They're awesome. Now, if, 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 how many of y'all know that in battle, communication's everything? Communication's everything in battle. If you don't have communication, if, you don't, uh, if you're on the battlefield and you're under attack, you need that phone, right? Don't you, you need that phone? Why? Because with that phone, you can call out and you can get some air support, right? And you give them some coordinates and you say, we are at... This, that, or the other. Come on, bring me some bombs. How many of y'all like bombs? Yeah, come on. Yes. If, 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 if you're on the battlefield, communication is everything. You need to be able to communicate and you need to be able to hear. And we've all seen movies. How many of y'all know what SOS is? It's, it's, it was a code system that was developed so that the commanders could communicate with the troops and, and the enemy wouldn't know what was being said. So, so in good battle situations, good armies and good people uh, that, that are on the battlefield, they understand that communication is important and that, and that uh, different ways to communicate work uh, uh, for different purposes. You're not, you don't need to SOS all the time. How many of y'all know we have SOS? How many of y'all know we have the gift of the Holy Spirit? that we get, we, You can have a prayer language. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Howbeit he speaketh mysteries. What are those mysteries? Well, it's a language that the enemy doesn't understand. That, that you and I, as believers, we can pray in an unknown tongue, and he, he can't decipher it. It's SOS to him. He just doesn't know. It. That's one of the benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit, is that's one of our languages. But it's not the only language that we have. But the point is, is that communication in battle is important. Communication on a football field is important. Communication, if, you're, uh, if it's a horse and a jockey, it's important. So now we've all got our gear on, but, but the, Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul here, he's about to tell you, now, now you have to communicate. So really, the, the one verse I'm going to give you, we're just going to look at today, is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Now I'm about to do something I never thought I would do at this church, which is take my jacket off. Because some of y'all know it's usually, it's usually pretty cold. Thank you, Keith. I'm going to take my jacket off. How many of y'all okay with that? Okay, just say amen. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 18. If you got your worship guide, I took this verse and I, I broke it down and I gave you some spots just to write a few things up under uh, each part of this verse because we're just going to look at this verse because how many of y'all got your, got your armor on this morning? How many of y'all got up this morning, put on the helmet of salvation? If you didn't get up and do it, by the time praise and worship's over, you should have on your breastplate of righteousness. You should have the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You should have your head right. How many of y'all, how many of y'all takes a little bit to get your head right? I mean, I know it takes a little while sometimes to get your kids' heads right in the morning. Say, I'm going to get your head right. They get a little attitude. I say, I'm going to have to help you get your head right. So we come into praise and worship. We get our head right. We get our heart right. We get, we get going the right direction. But now that you got all of this gear on, the Apostle Paul, he's about to give you some, some directions. In verse number 18, he says, praying always. Everybody say always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I'm going to read it one more time, then we're going to look at it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. Let's pray before we get into the word this morning. Thank you, Father God, for your help. God, that you're our helper. God, that we need the teaching of the word of God. God, to have spiritual moments and great times in your presence and to get all of our gear on. But God, that we need to know how to fight, how to win. That, that you don't, you've never called us to lose. You've called us to win. God, you want us to win at life. God, that you've made us heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That we're seated with him in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named not only in this world but also in that which is to come so God we ask for you to, to enlighten the eyes of our understanding give us wisdom so that we can go out of this place not just inspired but equipped to walk out and to win in life thank you Lord for it. in Jesus name everybody said amen. amen he says praying always praying always always has to do with your attitude and the attitude of prayer just is that you never outgrow your need for God. How many of y'all know, I don't care if you're 18, I don't care if you're 16. How many of y'all know whenever you get 16, like uh, Noble's turning into a, a young man, right? But there's a tendency sometimes as, a, as you come into, a, a, as a young person, then you, you like to do things your way. How many of y'all, maybe I was the only one, but there came a point to where my daddy didn't know nothing. I knew it all. I knew everything. I'm brilliant and I can make my own decisions and yes I can drive like this the road is mine right and and I feel like I, I've got I've got everything that I need right but you can you can move into whenever you're 40 you feel like well I I, I, I can do everything whenever you're 60 I can do everything whenever you're 80 I can do everything but praying always just means at every phase of my life God I'm, I'm dependent upon you God, you're the reason that I live and move and have my being. God, you're the one that you make me stand. Without you, I'm nothing. So praying always is just an attitude of prayer. It's just an attitude of dependence upon God. God, I'm dependent upon you. God, I need you in my life. Come on, kids need God in their life. Noble, you need God. You need him in your life. 
Say, well, I'm young. It doesn't matter. I'm old. It doesn't matter. Praying always just means that it, the attitude of your life is hallowed be your name. How many of y'all remember whenever the, the disciples asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, how, how do we pray? And he said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, what? Hallowed be your name. The attitude of prayer is praying always, God, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread. But baby, it starts with hallowed be your name. How many remember Jesus in the garden and he's kneeling down and he's about to go to the cross. And he says, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way than for me to go to the cross, Boy, I would really like you to show me another way. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will being done. My, not my will, God, your will. So here, once you're all equipped for battle and you're ready to step out onto the battlefield, prayer is the battlefield. Sometimes we think that prayer is a weapon. No, prayer is the battlefield. You got all of this gear on, so now you can march out into the battlefield of prayer. And always your attitude is, God, that you're, you're it for me. You're it for me. I love my wife. But Jesus, can't nobody do, do me like Jesus, right? I love my kids. Amen. Hey, right, me and you, right? Me, me and you. But you need God in your life. I can't be your God. You need to meet him. You need to have a relationship with him. You need to know him. He's, uh, he wants to know you. He wants to hear your voice. So everybody say always. He says, praying always. And then he next, he says, with all prayer. He said, well, what does all prayer mean? How many of y'all know there's different kinds of prayer? There's different kinds of prayer. You say, well, which one's the best one? The one that gets results. That's the best one. Well, so I, which prayer do I pray? You say, well, first you just want the one that gets results. And in the scripture, there's all different types of prayer. You have what's called the prayer of agreement. And if you, man, we're going to teach a whole class in Bible college. Some of y'all need to go to Bible college. You like this type of, I can't get into all, all the different types of prayer this morning. But you have the prayer of intercession, the prayer of supplication. You have the prayer of agreement. You have corporate prayer. You have prayer of praise and worship. All of these are different types of prayer in scripture and they all get different results right the prayer of consecration just says not my will but your will the prayer of agreement acts uh, Matthew chapter 18 says when two of you shall agree as touching anything you can get together with somebody else and say will you agree together with me that's the prayer of agreement then you have corporate prayer I mean I remember the Bible says whenever they were all of one accord on the day of Pentecost then the the the, the whole building was shaken in Acts chapter 4 it says whenever they lifted up their voice together something supernatural happens whenever you get a room of prayers prayers together how many of y'all know there's just more power there I mean now you go from just one volt to 220 right and you get a whole bunch of people there's corporate prayer that's just a different a different type of prayer you got the prayer of praise where there's lots of different types of prayer so he says pray with all prayer and that just means that there's different types and then there's also different times of prayer if you look if you read the Psalms how many of y'all like Psalms David said in Psalms chapter 4 he says Lord at the end of the day I lay up on my bed and I talk to you 
The very next chapter, Psalms chapter 5, he says, Lord, my voice will you hear in the morning. So in the morning and at night. Chapter 6, he's had a failure. He screwed up. He sinned. Have you ever done that? Don't raise your hand. He says, he calls upon the mercy of the Lord. He says, Lord, help me. Help me. I've really, I've really, I've really messed up here. And then the next chapter, Psalms verse number, uh, uh, Psalm 7, he's under attack. Have you ever been attacked before by your in-laws? Or whoever, right? He's under attack and he's saying, Lord, I'm under attack. I'm under besiege here. I need some help. And then in Psalms number eight, he says, whenever I consider the works of your hand, your handiworks, and he just begins to worship the handiwork of God. Psalms chapter nine, he does a prayer of praise. He just starts getting excited, starts rejoicing, jumping a little bit, and he just starts bragging on what God has already done. Worship is whenever we, we brag on who he is. Praise is whenever we brag on what he's done. God, you brought me out. God, you did what nobody else could do. God, you, you saved me. You forgive me. You healed me. Boy, he goes, into, he goes into, prayer, into praise. And then Psalms chapter 10, he, goes, he just keeps switching gears. What's that mean? There's just lots of types of prayer. There, there's lots of types and there's lots of times. So you can pray in your shower. I have some good prayer meetings in my shower. My wife was like, get out of the shower. I'm like, I'm talking to Jesus. I'm talking to Jesus. Let me, leave me alone. You can have a good prayer time just laying on your bed, driving your car, walking down the road. While we're in China, you know, we go to different parts. Uh, and how many of y'all know there's no mountains down here in Louisiana? But, but you, we would go up into the mountains of China whenever I would consider the works of his hands and his handiwork. It, it would just bring me into, God, man, you're just, you're just amazing. And these pretty beautiful little Chinese kids, I told my wife, I said, God, I wish I could get one through customs. I could just, I would love to bring one of these kids home, just these beautiful little Chinese kids. My wife's like, I don't think they'll let you. I say, I know, but they're so pretty, these little Chinese boys, little Chinese girls, beautiful people. Just when, and I'm looking at these people, and, 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 and out of that just comes another type of prayer. And I don't have to be at the altar to experience it. I don't have to be in, 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 with a prayer of agreement to people. I don't have to have the, 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 the people singing, Jesus, Jesus. No, that's all good. But you can have all different types of... How many of y'all know that the, the choir ain't always going to be there? Come on, you got to learn how to do this when there ain't no choir. Nobody's on the organ. I feel it. Well, you can feel it uh, at the house. Come on, you can get in God's presence whether you're 12 or you're 80, you can pray always with all types of prayer at all times of prayer. And then the next one, he says, in the spirit. You say, well, how do I know which, which prayer to pray? He tells you, he says, in the spirit, in the spirit, that the spirit of God, he'll communicate to you which type to prayer. Lots of times I'll just start just, just, uh, thinking about how awesome he is and then his spirit will bring somebody to my mind he pray for Keith he pray for this he just how many of y'all know that, that, that whenever those things come to your mind that's not the devil bringing them right. I bet that was the devil I bet it wouldn't no whenever whenever those things come to your mind the Lord he, he's what he's prompting you there his spirit is bearing witness with your spirit and he's doing that because 
uh, he'll use you as a vessel. So praying in the spirit, some people say, well, praying in the spirit is praying in other tongues. It's not just that. It certainly could be that. But praying in the spirit is just being in tune with God. So whether you're on the lawnmower, I've had great conversations with the Lord on my lawnmower. Or whether you're driving your car, or whether you're on the football field, or whether you're swimming, or whether you're at a neighbor's house or wherever, the Holy Spirit, his spirit, if, you're in, if you recognize, God, I need communication on this battlefield. God, I recognize I'm a thoroughbred and I got the goods, but I need a jockey. I recognize, God, that I'm a, I'm a superb athlete. Look at this body right here. It's just amazing. But, God, I need somebody calling plays for me. And if you humble yourself and you have that attitude throughout the day, you would be surprised what God would say to you. God would speak to you. He'll have you doing doing unusual things not all time unusual but heal with all manner of prayer all types of prayer in the spirit he'll show you and then he says the last part the, the, the next part is is he says watching to the end with all perseverance and supplication you say well what's the end mean that's when your prayers get answered how many of y'all like those I mean, I like the end of your prayer. In other words, you get what you were praying for. God wants you to get what you're praying for. If, if, if you're praying what, uh, uh, with the right heart, with the right attitude, and if you're praying for something he doesn't mind you having, God wants you to receive the end of your faith, the end of your prayer. But he says it's going to take some perseverance. How many of you know what perseverance is? It takes a, it takes a while. I mean, I know it takes a little while to, to do some perseverance. I was listening to a guy uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. I really like this guy. He's been preaching 63 years. He's 79 years old. Man, he's in great shape. He's done a lot of really amazing, awesome, wonderful things for God. I mean, this guy's like a general to me, you know, just a general in the faith. And uh, he's, he's done some amazing things. But one of the things he had in his heart, he said, I wanted to, uh, I had it in my heart to, to go to L.A. and to do a work there for the Lord. And he said, I carried that dream in my heart for 40 years. That's a long time to have a dream for 40 years. And, uh, you know, scientists are people that are real smart to say that if you can hold on to a dream for five years, you can get it. That if you can hold on to a dream for five years, like if Jiva has a dream, if she can work with that dream and hold on to that thing for five years, then she has a really great chance of it coming to pass. But he says, I held on for this dream for 40 years that I would be able to do a work in, in, in L.A. So after 40 years of believing God, how many of y'all know that this is not inconsistent with Scripture I mean, you know, in scripture, you find a lot of people that had to wait a while. Even my mom uh, praying for me to get saved. Man, she prayed for me for a decade, like 10 years. She just wouldn't let me go to hell. And she prayed for my dad for probably 20, 25 years, right? I mean, uh, he's, he's living his life, not doing uh, the, the best things. But she just stood on the word of God, said, no, no, no. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Kevin's going to serve the Lord. Brittany's going to serve the Lord. Reagan's going to serve the Lord. And she's praying for our wives. Even before we had wives, she's, they're going to be good wives and they're going to be this. And, then, and now I got one, 
right? She prayed her right in. But these things, some of these things take long time. So after 40 years of believing God, he had an invitation to go fly in a helicopter over the city of L.A. And as he's flying over the city of L.A., the Lord starts to give him a strategy. And then he built what is known now as the L.A. Dream Center. And not only the L.A. Dream Center, but now those Dream Centers have been patterned. And they're in Oklahoma City. They're in Chicago. They're in Birmingham. All over the globe, people patterned their Dream Center after Tommy Barnett's Dream Center that he waited 40 years to get. What's that mean? That just means not all prayers get answered when we want them answered. How many of y'all wish it did? How many of y'all think Jesus is slow sometimes? How many of y'all know that he'll let you, if, when he's jockeying you and you're running, he'll let you be way back behind the pack? How many of y'all remember the Patriots came back last year from what, 28 to 3? Everybody quit watching the game. We were watching it up here at the church, and we were all ready to turn it off. Like, this ain't no game. This, a, this, I can't believe this. This is horrible. But then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, there became a move. There became a shift. Half the guys had left, right? I mean, we had a bunch of guys up here watching the church, a, bu a bunch of gals up here watching the game. And all of a sudden, everybody's leaving. Everybody's like, I'm going home. I'm going home. But there was only maybe five or six of us left up here. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady became what? Tom Brady, baby. He, and and he, he comes back from nothing. How many of y'all know the Lord will let you get down about three quarters and three touchdowns and you feel like you are not a good coach? You're a horrible coach. How many of y'all know Belichick's got a pretty good record? How many of y'all know God's got a pretty good record? He, he's not afraid to let you get down three quarters and three touchdowns. He knows how to win. Why? He just likes to do stuff like that. God likes to come back and just smoke everybody. That way everybody knows it was all Jesus. He will. He'll do that. He'll let you. He'll let you get down a little while. He'll, he'll hold you there. Why? Because he's trying to do a work in your heart, in your life. He's trying to do something in you, not just get something to you. Like if I'm talking to my kids and my kids say, I have a dream. I want to do this. What do I tell them? I mean, think about it. You got kids, right? You got kids. Josh, you got kids. You got a son sitting there. If he says, hey, I want to do this, you're going to tell him, right? You're going to say, be patient. Work hard. Keep your head down. Keep your attitude right. And you're anticipating he's going to have to do that for how long? Man, it may be a while. How many of y'all know it ain't going to happen by the time you're, you get out of high school, right? I mean, it may take two decades. Sorry. <laughs> it may take 20 years for you to see that thing to fruition but you as a dad and as a mom you don't ever doubt that he can do it and that he'll get there and you're encouraging him you're feeding him you're telling him you got it you'll make it the whole way and yet with our own weeks we know we do that with our kids right if they have a dream we say man you got this you got this I ain't nothing you just keep how many all know God does the same way God does the same way. He puts these dreams. He puts these things in our heart. But it, it may take 20 years. But how many of y'all know you're going to be here anyway? You're going to be here anyway. We went to the Forbidden Palace. And there's 9,999 rooms in the Forbidden Palace. It's the largest home in the world. This is where the emperor lived. 9,999 rooms. They said that whenever the emperor was born, if he spent one day in each room, it would take him 27 years to have spent one day in each room. I mean, can you imagine keeping that thing clean? 
9,999 rooms. How long did it take him? A long time. But he's going to be there anyway, I guess. He said he's going to be here anyway. So we're all going to be here anyway. So for us to bring a prayer and have a prayer before God, there may be some things that we got to hold on to for, for a long time. I mean, I know God's faithful. God's faithful. He'll bring it to pass. You just got to hold it. You just got to stick with it, man. Just stick with it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit. Say, well, I've been doing this. I've been, I've been giving or I've been coming to church or I've been doing this. I'm, I'm telling you, God will tell you the same thing you would tell your own kids. Hey, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing, baby. Keep grinding. Keep working. Keep, keep pursuing. Keep, keep your attitude right. Keep your heart right. Keep your work right. Just keep going. Just keep going. You say, yeah, but it's taking like three years. It's like, baby, you're not even out of elementary yet. I mean, you got to tell your kids that. Like, I don't want to go to school. You're in fifth grade. You got seven more years to go before you get out of this thing. And then if you want to go to some higher education, how I many I know you got to give it another four? And then if you want to go into some specialized higher education, you have to hang another two. And then after, because you mess around a little bit, you may have to hang another one or two in there. Can I get a witness? Took you six years to get out of college. Yes. Took you, <laughs> took you seven years to get out of college. But the more specialized you want, the longer it's going to take, right? How many of y'all know we'll give elementary education 12 years and won't give God 12 months? I mean, think about it. Seriously, you're going to give elementary, you're going to give your, your, your K through 12, 12 years of your life, 40 hours a week plus homework. And then you won't give God 12 months. Well, Ben, I've paid my tithes for three months. Well, good. Whoop-dee-doo. God, I mean, seriously, come on. Well, I went to church. I didn't miss for like, I went, I went to six out of 12 of those first Thursdays. <laughs> six out of 12 of those first Thursdays. Come on, you, you should, let, let's give God the same respect that we expect our own kids to give us. Come on, my kid, it ain't, you ain't quitting school. <laughs> he says that's sad. <laughs> I know it's sad. He would love to quit. He'd love to quit school. You ain't quitting school. Your butt will be there tomorrow. Right? You're going to be there. You're going to be at school. You're going to go through all 12, and then we'll talk about college. We'll talk about that. Right? But you're going to go to school. And but, but how many of y'all think we should give God the same amount of respect, the same perseverance? God, if I'll give education 12 years, I'll at least give you 12 years. I can at least say that 12 years, 40 hours a week, man. But God's faithful. God's faithful. If we'll give it to him, he's faithful. He's just. The last one, he says, he says, watch into the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In other words, he says, he says, not all of your prayers should just be about you. He says, you, you put on all of this gear. And he says, there's all different types of prayer and there's all different ways you can pray and there's all different times of prayer. There's all different supplications and you get your assignments from the Spirit. The Spirit of God tells you how to pray and you're gonna have to persevere in some of these prayers. Not all of these prayers are gonna happen overnight. God doesn't pay on the first and the 15th, but he always pays. You're gonna have to invest and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to wait on some of these things. But then he says, but pray for all of the saints. In other words, not all of our prayers should just be about us. If God answered all of your prayers, would it affect anybody besides you? 
Are you the only one that would be affected by your prayers? So he says, he says let's pray for all of the saints. Pray for, pray for other people. Pray, pray for, uh, and, and I, it's interesting, he doesn't say pray for sinners here. And, and sometimes we say, well, I'm praying for the sinners. No, if the saints will be the saints, we, the, the sinners are coming in. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? If the church will be the church, the sinners will be beating down the doors to get in any church in any town. If the church will be the church, if the saints will be the saints, if we would really go out of here and like Don said last week, if 10 people would just disciple 10 people, then tens of thousands of people would, would come into the kingdom. In, 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 in the book of Acts, the Bible says that they came in by the thousands. So why is he saying pray for the, pray for the saints? Because if the saints will be the saints, if we'll go out and do what we're supposed to do, then, then sinners, they're coming, right? They're coming. If you go out and pray for somebody and they, they get healed or something significant happens, you're not gonna have to beg them to come. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Why? Because, because they want to know. Whenever Jesus went around, he would heal people and read the, ring the dinner bell of healing. And everywhere he went, multitudes followed him, man. Multitudes. He'd get off the boat and they were there. By the droves, they were there. And yet he says, but they're like sheep without a shepherd. They need a commander. They need a jockey. They need a coach. He would get up on the side of the hill and the Bible says that he would weep because he says he looked at the people. They were like sheep without a shepherd. He says they got all the tools. They got all the muscles. They got all, the, all of the weapons. God's given us everything that we need to be successful and yet we still need to every day, like, like the psalmist David, in the morning, in the evening, on the way to work, we just have, with all prayer, got to have the attitude that I need you today. I need to hear your voice. I need your instructions today. God, I need, I need you to call the place today. God, I want to be in tune with you. And you do that, and, you, and, and his spirit communicates with your spirit. And man, then the, the, nothing's impossible. You get the coordinates. Man, you can drop some bombs, right? You, you get the place, and even if you're down by 30 in the fourth quarter, he'll show you how to bring it back. He'll show you how to win. He'll show you how to come back from nothing. God's good. God's faithful. God wants us to learn how to communicate with him, how to talk to him, how to spend time with him, how to hear his voice.